0: members of the og army get those wallets unfolded coming up next on the other ground live stage prepare for an eargasm by passive j and big dalton
1: well good afternoon and welcome to yet another edition of other ground live i'm passive j that's big dalton over there uh say hello ryan
0: Ladies and gentlemen, it is June the fifteenth. It is a Monday, and being that it is a Monday,
1: fuck, I, I just don't really want to be here right now. Oh yeah, that's right. It is Monday. Fuck, <laughs> it's my day off. So, and it's yeah, you know, I've it's been so long since I had uh, Mondays off while everyone else is working that you kind of threw me for a second. I'll be honest, there for a half a second, I thought you were making a joke because in my head it was Saturday all day today. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's Monday for, you know, the rest of the entire fucking world.
1: Right, right, right. Just except for my little pocket of people at my country club. (laughs) I see the OG army is forming up in the uh, chat box. It's always good to see you guys. We're going to have a hell of a show. Uh, I'm trying to be less radio guy, Jay, and just more regular Jay. So you'll excuse me if there's more pauses and dead air. Uh, I am trying to take the advice of people that told me to mellow the fuck out. So we'll see how it goes.
0: Yeah, quit being a fucking tweaker. God damn it.
1: <laughs> How did your day go, besides the, uh, the
0: obvious? Well, it was the obvious, so I, I think right. I got off a call about
1: oh, about 5.45, took a piss, and then it was time to do this. Oh, right on, right on, yeah. Uh, my day was probably a lot better than yours. Uh, I did day off stuff. Uh, I got my workout in the morning, uh, leg day. Uh, and uh, luckily for me, leg day and lines up with uh, a hot tub day. Cause on my day off, I can actually hop in the hot tub after the workout. So my legs haven't been sore today, just nicely exhausted. Uh, so I have, I've, so I've got that going for me. Uh beautiful day out, spent the day, you know, taking care of chores, playing a little video games and petting my dogs. Oh, and you know, I'm spending time with the wife too. I forgot about that part. <laughs>
0: wow. It just sounds so thrilling. Your life. It, it, it just sounds incredible.
1: It is. It actually is. You know, I'm pretty happy with my life. Uh, You know, I'd like more money. Who wouldn't, you know, nicer house, nicer stuff, but that's just stuff. I've got everything I need and what will get me, get me by in my life. You know, uh, a wife that, you know, I love that loves me Uh, a roof over my head. As long as as I can continue paying my bills, I'd have no uh, issues at all with living this life for the rest of my life. Uh, The only reason I'd like to have more money is because I'm always just a little bit concerned. I'm going to miss not pay my bills and lose all my shit, (laughs) but I'm, I don't have really high hopes for like, the lifestyle, of the rich and the famous, uh, you know, um, I'm perfect. I'm happy. Yeah, so, uh, so I got that going for me.
0: Yeah. You, you run with that, Jay. We, we need the minimal <laughs> effort folks out there.
1: Yeah, there you go. Well, it's not minimal effort. It's just like, uh, realistic expectations. I believe, uh, oh, let's see. You know, we, I got all kinds of topics, uh, for, because when I did research uh, yesterday, I was, it was backup for, in case Serena didn't show up. So, I've got it all uh, right here in front of me. Do uh, you got any topics you want to talk about before I get to my bullshit?
0: Yeah, we always have, you know, at least a few things. Mm-hmm. So, did you see that uh, Ford is announcing the new Ford Bronco on July 9th? Hmm.
1: Why does that date sound familiar?
0: Because it's O.J. Simpson's birthday. <laughs>
1: Uh, now, there's no way that that could be the reason that it sounded familiar to me. But fuck, that's funny, dude. <laughs> is it? Yes, I see They, what yeah,
0: they are ahead. literally announcing the return of the Ford Bronco to the Ford lineup
1: on OJ Simpson's birthday. <laughs> you know, if we have any of the younger fans, they might not even get the relevance of that anymore. I don't know how much of a household fact that is of the younger generation.
0: That's got to be a fact for everyone. I don't care who the fuck you are. You yeah, don't know yeah. the slow chase through L.A. with O.J. and the Ford Bronco after he killed two people? Like, come on it,
1: now. It was basically the birth of the uh, helicopter chase uh, footage uh, that like, apparently in L.A. is like a daily thing. They break into, like, shows all the time to show the cops chasing somebody. And, they're, you know, them following by helicopter and the news uh, capture recording it. It even happens here occasionally. I'll, it's just Detroit, you don't see a lot more, as much of that uh like it's once in a blue moon, they'll, they'll uh, cut in, uh, for like, uh, some pretty good chase footage, but it doesn't happen that often in LA apparently happens all the fucking time. And, uh, the OJ thing was the start of all of that.
0: Actually, I thought they were doing that even before then. I think it was just the first time the country really, you know, heard about and or saw it.
1: Yeah, that might be true. Cause we, although that was one, probably the reason that they were up there in the first place. Uh, but definitely that made it a national phenomenon where before it's pretty much just a California thing. Uh, one of the cool few cool things about California. I actually, that's not true. California has got all kinds of cool things. It just sounds like some of their politics are kind of screwing parts of it up. And <laughs> yeah, it's just but, overpopulated and the
0: traffic sucks and right, right, right. All of that. Yeah. But like all of the like living in California stuff is pretty fucking nice given that the oh. weather's perfect. <laughs>
1: yeah i have a, a friend that lives in Hun- huntington beach now uh and a friend that lives in las vegas now but lived in huntington beach for uh, like 20 years before he moved away basically for business uh so i've heard good things about it i i think i told you that story about how i almost moved to california but uh uh basically uh it out what happened is those those guys they were in a band and they were doing pretty good and they just like on the spur in a moment decided that they were going to move to California to cause I thought they would have a better chance of getting big there. Uh, and basically like they said, Hey, you want to go with us? I'm like, wow, I don't know. Uh, when are you guys leaving? They're like, Oh, tomorrow morning. I'm like, uh, it's six o'clock at night. You're leaving at seven in the morning. Uh, I, yeah, if they would have given me time to think about it, I might've actually did it, but I, I I'm never one to jump into something, uh, uh a big change like that, uh, yeah, you know, without thinking about it first. So my natural inclination was to go, uh, maybe not, <laughs> but I sometimes wonder what would happen if I would have decided to go with them.
0: Yeah. You probably would end up being a homeless crackhead under a, uh, interstate
1: somewhere. Right, right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cause you know, it, they, none of them got rich and famous. Although with the guitarist is still a musician to this day. And basically that's how he makes his money. He's like a, a studio music musician. Uh, he's done actually some fairly big things. He was like the he went on tour with like a really big Japanese uh, pop uh, singer as, as her like lead guitarist, uh, and you know regularly he's like recorded for Prince before. Um, he used to be at the Paisley Palace all the time. Uh, cool guy actually. Uh, um, but that was the best of it. The rest of them moved on to regular jobs. Uh, but they came so goddamn close. Uh, have you ever heard of a TV show called Farm Club? No, maybe a a little little before your time, but do you remember the USA Network? I'm not even sure if that's even a a channel anymore.
0: USA? Yeah, that's absolutely still a channel, Jay.
1: I haven't had basic cable in like 10 years, dude. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I cut the cord long, long, long ago. Um, But there used to be a a show called Farm Club on USA Network. It was on like 10 or 11 o'clock at night. And it was a show uh, where they would have a mix of national bands and unknown talent uh the, i was like the, the theme of the show actually was kind of like to pro, you know spotlight a rising talent but they still had like big names on there to make sure people were, were still watching um and my buddy's band was on that show uh a uh, band called 20 did flower children i know kind of a weird
0: that's name. a horrible <laughs> fucking name i
1: know <laughs> no wonder they didn't make it yeah, I don't know. I don't know if the name had anything to do with it, but I, it wasn't the high point of their of their uh, music. <laughs> yeah, the music was definitely better than the name. Uh, and so, so they were take on much. Yeah, no, no, obviously not. Uh, and so they were on there, and the two bands. It was always one local band and then two big bands. So the night that they were on there, the two big bands were Disturbed and Eminem. Uh, so, so it was. So it's not like they weren't given a good chance to have a lot of eyes on them and they you know they they toured a lot they toured with some fairly big bands uh, but they just never like had that one hit that uh, attracted like national attention and um uh, darn buddy... you
0: lost out of being a hanger on of a band that never made it
1: that's yeah exactly that's quite a large
0: <laughs> loss there jay
1: well yeah and the closest of my friends of that was uh, either the guitarist or the drummer and the drummer told me a story about that he said it was really cool dude you know, they pick you up in a limo, you drive, you know, they drive you over to the studios, you're hanging out in the green room. And there's, you know, these other big, you know, big bands there, the, that, you know, you're talking with and you go out and play and they got, they pipe and they brought in like an audience to all cheer for you. So, you know, they're cheering their ass off, even if they like, even if they don't like the music, cause they're on TV and they, they went, Ooh, and there's big titty woman jumping up and down and he goes, it's fucking awesome. He goes, and then the, after the show's over, the, the limo takes you home. I got up in the morning. And went over to the restaurant where I worked to uh, bus tables.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's going to California to try to be famous.
1: Like, yep. it just doesn't work, <laughs> right? Every once in a while, it does. You know, some of them, are, you know, uh, it works out well for it. But the vast majority, for every person that does uh, work out well for it, there's literally like five to ten thousand that it didn't. <laughs> so
0: um, it's like buying lottery tickets as your form of retirement. Like, that's just just not going to work.
1: I don't know. In certain cases, I mean, I don't, like, uh, in music, It's I don't think it's nearly as important to go to, like, uh, California as uh, maybe back in the 60s or 70s. But you know, today, or even back in the 90s when they were trying it, I don't think it was as important as they made it out to be. Uh, but for, like, acting, in a lot of cases, that's pretty much what you have to do. You know, you, you can't be become a famous actor staying and living in Wisconsin.
0: Again, it's like buying lottery tickets. As your form of retirement?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. But you know, uh, one thing most actors have are a lot of confidence. Yeah, you, you kind of have to have a lot of confidence, I assume, to get up in front of people and make believe and not feel all weird and awkward about it. So they have to. You know, they don't. You don't have another option if you want to be a big Hollywood star. You have to. You know, move to Hollywood. Uh, I, I'm sure there's other rare exceptions, but that's the career path for almost all of them. So all these big famous people that we watch on the movies today, most of them did that exact thing.
0: Yeah. And the vast, vast majority completely fail.
1: Oh yeah. 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 When I said like one in 10,000, it might even be way higher. It might be like one in a hundred thousand, even get a career, not to, not, not, not even saying like a big movie career. Like, you know, they, they might, uh, be like the, a Oh God not the lead, but like the, like just one of the support actors on like a sitcom or something. And that's the best they're ever going to do.
0: Yeah, it's a pretty shitty life. But, uh, speaking of failure, did you see that Hertz yeah, yeah. rental car company is going <laughs> bankrupt?
1: Yeah, I heard so things about that. Uh, I thought maybe they were going to pull out of it, but apparently not. Uh, what did you hear about it?
0: Well, so they're going into chapter 11 bankruptcy, and the really scumbag thing they're doing is as they're going through this, they're planning on trying to sell $500 million in stock.
1: Wait, um, what well, you mean? Just like in the hopes that no one notices that they're going through bankruptcy?
0: Yeah, pretty much. They're going to put you know, roughly $500 million worth of stock out on the market, and it's trading for like $2 a share or something right now. But the thing is, with chapter 11 bankruptcy, common stock are the last people paid Mm. during a bankruptcy proceeding. So like all of their actual debtors will get paid first. So basically, they're trying to milk 500 million dollars out of people that will have stock that is worth literally nothing. So fuck hurts.
1: Didn't I hear something about right after they announced bankruptcy, their their stock shot up 800% or some shit like that? Like, So if you if you spent like $10,000 on stock, you'd have like a million dollars or some crazy shit like that. I think I heard something like that on a news uh, uh, morning talk radio as I was driving in, uh, which is weird as fuck. And they were saying it was weird. They, they wouldn't understand why it would shoot up that much after they declared bankruptcy.
0: Yeah, I don't know. But this latest ploy is absolutely
1: horrendous. Yeah, uh, I mean, isn't that the sort of thing you think, I mean, obviously it's easy to milk the public for shit like that, but didn't they think people that knew about that kind of shit wouldn't call them on it? Like, they were hoping the entire industry didn't notice that shit, not just, like, you know, uh, some gullible people? I mean, shit, how how bad of a strategy is that, really?
0: Yeah, but the problem with stuff like this is, like, they're gonna dump it on the market, and you're gonna have all of these just automated these automated buyers that'll just be out there and they'll pick it up because they'll see like this $2 stock is all of a sudden trading at, you know, like 50 cents or whatever. And it's going to end up picking it up, thinking that it's going to rebound and Mm -hmm. like people without the algorithm to be able to, you know, get to the bottom of this absolutely ridiculous move. Like it's just going to screw people over is really all it's doing. And they're purposely screwing people over. They're, they're going through bankruptcy and they're trying to sell things that are going to
1: be worthless. Mm. See it here. I thought this was going to be a story about the good deals you can get on some of their cars. This is, this is a much sadder story than I I had hoped for really. Um, Yeah. This is the company itself being absolute scumbags. Yeah. And really, I guess what, I guess their attitude is, yeah, we're doing that. When the company is going bankrupt, we don't really have to worry about our reputation. We're just trying to get whatever money we can on the way out. Uh, I yeah, assume, pretty but... much. Yeah, wow. That's garbage shady. people. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. But I heard you can get a real good deal on like a Corvette or a Mustang or something if that's your thing.
0: Yeah, no, I'm not going to support a dime to that company regardless
1: if I got a good deal on something. Wouldn't they just go, see that's why I don't understand Uh, after declaring bankruptcy wouldn't anything they get from like selling the cars or selling that stock go to their debitors first anyway so it's not like they're going to get the money
0: yes it'll originally go to like people that hold debt but you never know how these companies are structuring some of this stuff like are they going to be able to throw like last minute bonuses to like their corporate board and you know crap like that like there's something else going on there, you know there
1: is. Mm-hmm. We're speaking about Hertz, and not the donuts for once—the actual company. Jay, no. No, you don't, you don't. You no, you don't remember that joke, you no. no, that was never a good joke. Jay. Oh, okay. No, I trust me. I agree. I was the recipient of many of a Hertz donut, even after I told them I didn't want a donut. <laughs> oh God. Uh, what else you got? That's
0: about all I have.
1: I guess those were the well, two things were that were
0: even somewhat notable.
1: Well, you were busy. You had a busy day of like doing insurance stuff to insurance people. So I, I have stuff too. So you don't have to worry about that. Um, did we, you see we that? See. Okay. Did you see that Jesse Smollett was will not be able to claim double jeopardy uh, on his uh, legal case?
0: Yeah, I give zero shits about that at this point
1: no too too far hold on a second i gotta put my dog down she she was sleeping on my lap apparently she wants up now okay little dog oh uh, down. sorry about that uh yeah well you know uh i just he i don't I'm not a big fan of people that uh make false claims and stuff so i'm glad to hear that uh, other than that i don't really need to hear any more about him uh, part of his uh tactics to do all this was to get publicity so anytime i pay attention to him he's kind of winning so, so other than the fact i'm hoping that justice will eventually be served i don't care about that dude uh, in the grand scheme of things it's not that big of a deal oh let's yeah see I'm what with I, you. yeah okay let's see what else i have oh i have a friend who contacted me on facebook uh i haven't seen him in 20 years 20 something years and it turns out because he's been in prison um and just got out like five months ago uh he was one of those one uh, another person that moved to california uh I, he knew those guys. I'm not sure if he moved in with them or anything like that, but he ended up in Huntington Beach as well. Uh, and this is what I feel bad about and odd about because the entire time I knew him he was a cool dude. I liked him quite a bit. He was uh, you know always pretty cool to me even in situations where he didn't have to be. Um, he was friends with my brother and my brother's uh, best friend uh, and so he was uh, who were two people that tormented me on the regular but he was always cool. He never gave me any shit at all. Uh, He moved to California with my brother's best friend for a while and apparently eventually got messed up in drugs, uh, meth or something like that, and got uh, sent to prison for like a whole bunch of shit and the biggest one of being uh, carjacking apparently. So, and I don't know any of the details or anything like that, but he got like fucking 15 or 20 years altogether. And so he recently just recently got out like five months ago and I always liked him. He always, he was always cool to me. Uh, I'm kind of uncomfortable with the fact that he's shooting me messages on the internet. Uh, and don't get me wrong. You know, uh, I'm not, you know, I, I don't want him to stop dude. You, when you get out of that, uh, when you get out of prison, you know, you need people to support you and get you on track. So I, I don't want him to stop talking to me, but it was, it was really kind of an uncomfortable, uh, uh, feeling for a little bit. Uh, once I started talking for a little while, I, the old dude that I remember showing through on the messages and, uh, yeah, you know, I kind of got over it, but it was a weird feeling. I kind of felt bad for, about it first. Uh, bad about it. Uh, or kind well, I, I do almost ashamed of myself that my first thing was, Oh fuck, dude. I, I'm not sure if I want this dude talking to me. You know, I don't know. How do you feel about it? Was that, should I, am I just making something out of nothing?
0: Yeah, probably. And, and I mean, you don't got to lie to us. Your first impression was,
1: Oh boy, someone's actually talking to me. This is cool. Okay, yes. Yeah yes that was my first impression oh i was like oh it's tim and then, and then you know and he but he was he wasn't he's completely honest about it. i was like hey how have you been he's like oh not too bad i you know, just got a prison five months ago i'm like oh that's right he was damn <laughs> and he wasn't in prison for like you know tax evasion or something it was some pretty fucked up shit uh but so i don't know i guess i was making too much of it uh he certainly deserves the second chance just like everybody else and he was a good friend of mine so i'm just gonna move on accordingly uh but have you ever been in a situation like that where someone uh, came back from your past unexpectedly?
0: Well, especially not with prison. Like I'm not from Detroit, and I, I don't have a bunch of <laughs> thug friends like Passive J here.
1: <laughs> okay, maybe not. All right. Well, let's see what else do we got today. Uh, oh, did you see that the, there is like eight people wounded uh, in a shooting outside of a bar in San Ant- at San Antonio? Uh, the guy that, a guy was denied entry and uh, he went back to his gun. Is Oh, well, actually, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm telling the story a little bit out of order. He was denied entry, said, you know, uh, I'm a UFC fighter from California. Don't you know who I am? Then went back to his uh, car and got a rifle and started shooting people. Uh, and luckily, while well, eight people were wounded. No one was killed. So apparently he's not good of a shot. And what do you think of the odds there that it was Karel Parisian doing?
0: <laughs> yeah, no.
1: No, <laughs> there
0: weren't any bros in that, in that quote.
1: So it yeah. definitely wasn't him. <laughs> I mean, the odds that it actually is a UFC fighter in any way, shape, or form are pretty goddamn low. Because if nothing else, that story is like two days old. So if it was a real UFC fighter, we probably would have heard about it by now.
0: Well, that and every fighter that I've ever known that has fought in the UFC does not use that like as their calling card. Oh,
1: I'm a UFC yeah. fighter.
0: Yeah, from California, like, it's yeah, pretty specific. I, yeah, they don't walk into someplace and like, "Don't you know I'm a UFC fighter from California?" <laughs> no,
1: like yeah. that's not a thing. Yeah, well, uh, well, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> unless you're visiting your cousin on the on season five of the Ultimate Fighter, then maybe it is a thing.
0: <laughs> well, that not even that. He was just playing, you know, ridiculous Carapresian being Carapresian.
1: Parisian. Yeah, so you know yeah. who I am, bro. <laughs> uh you i mean he God, i i really was bummed out when his career uh, went astray because i like uh judo based uh fighting he was good at it you know so i i enjoy standing throws that's one of the cool things about mma uh he was one of the few people that did it very well uh he i don't know he i i think was his were his issues all mental did he just not have the correct training he needed to like advance his skills where he should have and and to cover the holes that he uh, probably started off with only being based in judo. I mean, what do you think? Yeah,
0: I'm thinking a lot of it probably was mental. Like you could see he was super egotistical. And generally, if you think you are way better than you actually are at anything in life, you're not going to be successful.
1: Mm, yeah. Cause he probably wasn't pay- putting the effort into it. He should at that level. Then uh, cause you know, when you're really talented at something, it's like the BJ Penn thing. If you, if you're really talented, it's kind of hard to force yourself to, to, uh, train that hard. Cause you feel like you don't need to. Oh, one second, like, I need some water.
0: But that was the huge problem with BJ Penn is he was so good at everything he tried doing. But like, he just got bored with everything. Like he's an absolute phenom Brazilian jitsu. He developed outstanding boxing but, like, outside of that, like, he never wanted to be the best at exercising. He was fucking Kenny Powers of MMA.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's entirely true. Um, and then when you, and I don't know how true this is, but uh, but supposedly he comes from a very rich family. And that, that does not necessarily mean he got any money from his very rich family, because we, we know that that is not always the case. But if he did get a fair amount of money from that, then that also removes another mo- motivation that a lot of fighters have. A lot of these fighters are coming from not much and, you know, they want to, you know, tr- they're motivated financially to do a lot of this shit. So, w- you know, which will make a man work harder if he doesn't know when uh, his next meal is coming from, you know, and, and if he loses that fight, he's eating ramen noodles instead of steak.
0: Yeah. I think with, with him though, it was just more like he didn't like the working out part of it, which nobody mm. fucking does and he was able to skate by on just having way more natural talent than basically anyone until he ran into like the absolute like freak athletes that also train their ass off like St. Pierre.
1: Right, right, right. Uh, and then of course in general, the sport has been advancing. I think in, you know, like when I started watching in 2005 with the exception of like the really, really, really elite people there, um, I don't think any like the regular fighters could compete with the regular fighters today. The sports just advanced so much.
0: Oh well, yeah. That's a young sport like this. Like that's what happens. Like the fights in like 2000 are basically what the women's fights are today. Right. People that couple... are good at like one aspect of fighting and you may have a couple guys that are really well-rounded and, and awesome. And they're just miles better than anyone and that's like what you have in female mma today as far as like nunez and shevchenko
1: right because they're pretty well-rounded they're and they don't have any obvious holes in their game uh it's you know it's a lot hard uh it's pretty easy for them to just pick the spot that their opponent is not good at and focus on that for the match
0: yeah they're just levels better than everyone else right now
1: yep speaking of levels better Holy shit! Uh, so my friend Roxy posted uh, the picture. The you know, she dressed up in the she likes to do cosplay. Um, she used to do cosplay at the Invictia fights. Uh, you know for the weigh-ins. The, they don't let you do that for um the actual weigh-ins for the UFC. But she still likes to dress up beforehand, and I think they might let her do it for the ceremony or or, or whatever. Uh, but she picked out like uh, her outfit for like a, as and she's a, a female Dragon Ball Z character that I'm actually not familiar with. But she is fucking jack, dude. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's pretty ridiculous, man. Okay. Well, sorry, we were talking about well-rounded and stuff, and, I, and she's one of the few people, one, one of the few people in the women's division that are pretty well-rounded at this point. Uh, her striking's improved a whole bunch. Her her jiu-jitsu's always been really good. Uh, now that she's got her strength and conditioning in order, uh, I seriously think she might have a chance to take the belt. I, obviously, it won't be an easy fight at all. But I I think people are really undervalued, underrating uh, her fighting ability at this point.
0: Yeah, I think you're slightly biased there, Jay. That's
1: entirely possible.
0: But I I, I see hmm. virtually zero chance of her winning that weight division's
1: belt. I don't know. I bet you she's better on the ground than than the uh, the chick whose name I can't say.
0: <sighs>
1: that's half that's half the
0: fighters in the UFC, Jay.
1: Yeah, yeah, but uh she's also strong possibly strong enough to take her down now and her while her striking won't be on the same level it's probably good enough to avoid getting her head knocked off while she's doing it and if she takes her down by she has multiple avenues she I bet she's better at uh, both submissions and keeping her in a position for ground and pound at this point. So I think she has a really good chance. The, the only issue is will she be able to take her down without getting her head knocked off?
0: <laughs> yeah, Jay, no. I I hate to say this. Roxy's been around forever. She's one of the pioneers of women's MMA, but she has zero chance against Valentina Shevchenko. All right. We'll see. I mean, you she's also get thought Spencer was going to beat Amanda Nunes. So not that's really, that's like,
1: <laughs> not really. I just, uh, so I saw someone make a hail Mary, uh, prediction on one of those websites. I'm like, yeah, that sounds like it'll be fun to say. Um, no, I didn't. I knew she didn't realistically have a chance. Um, But once again, I was half right. I said it would be a five-round decision. I just got the who won. Wow, you called the
0: women's fight. That was going to a decision.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Really going out on a limb there, Jay. Well, you know, uh, they call me Nostradamus. uh, That's like me making a
0: prediction on an Nganu fight saying it's not going the distance.
1: (laughs) Okay, that is fair enough. Uh, uh, Let's see what else we got today. Uh, I'm just having a good day, dude. I feel good. Uh, I had, my stomach issues went away this morning. I, I got up with not feeling all that awesome, but over the course of the day, good. I had a steak for dinner. Yay. Steak and rice.
0: Are you eating any vegetables, Jay?
1: Oh, I was about to say I had some, uh, green beans. It was good. Okay. It was going to be the green beans or carrots and I can't stand cooked carrots. I love, uh, I love, uh, raw carrots. I'm just not a big fan of cooked ones.
0: So I have some raw carrots with it. You don't have yeah, to cook yeah. everything.
1: Well, she bought she bought them in a can. I'm like, eh. <laughs> so, uh, so I had the green beans, which pretty much tastes like nothing to me, which is fine. You know, I'm not eating them. I don't eat for fun anymore. <laughs> uh, and it's even reaching a point where stuff that's food safe for me, but uh, like junk food. Like she could, she brought home uh, she went she stopped at Burger King on her way out and about today and brought me back a couple of hamburgers with just mustard and, and a little bit of ketchup ketchup on it because I can handle that. Uh, and I took, like, two bites of one. I was like, eh, I don't even want this, dude. It it's just stuff, the, the it doesn't even taste good anymore, And which is surprising, because I always used to enjoy myself a, a Burger King hamburger. Not anymore. <laughs> yeah, your life is pretty terrible, Jay. Yeah, well, what are you going to do? Yeah.
0: Not, not even any more uh, Red Lobster for you?
1: Oh, I well i can, maybe maybe uh maybe at certain points i forgot that i've honestly it's going to be a while before we have a chance to go um but i can have butter and i can have lobster and crab so it theoretically that'd be a nice going out meal i could do um red lobster is too expensive for us to go that often but maybe once every month or two
0: yeah you should still go to like someplace better than red lobster as you're like once and once a month place yeah, well,
1: like there's a, uh, uh, O'Brien's Crab Shack, I think it's called. Uh, and they, they do crab and, you know, and then lobster and things like that, but they're like twice the price of fucking red lobster. I mean, if we're, if we're going to spend like, uh, damn, I guess I won't be able to, I shouldn't have drinks anymore. I used to enjoy getting like a, a frozen daiquiri or something like that. So, but that takes, that'll take 10 or $20 off the bill right there. Um, we probably spend like $70, uh, before tip at, at red lobster. So we'll call it like $90. It probably costs us 150 to eat, like the, at O'Brien's crab shack or the, uh, there's a real, also another fancy place called Mitchell's fish market, uh, which we've ate at once or twice. Um, but they're way, you know, way more expensive than red lobster.
0: <laughs> What's with the obsession with like seafood, given you're not near a sea, so it's not going to be good. Well,
1: because, um, I, I get steak and, and and red meat and stuff like that all the time. Uh, lobster and crabs, like, fancy. It's it's a treat that I, don't get, that I do not get that often.
0: It's, it's just odd. Like, you're not in the part of the country where, like, you're going to be getting good, fresh lobster and crabs. I just... It's interesting, well, yeah. I guess. Well, yeah, like, I know you like live... It's, like, the reason why I never developed any taste for any seafood is, like, grew up in the Midwest. Like, anything that we would get is not fresh and not awesome so i learned to eat the things that were fresh and were amazing
1: well i mean i don't think it matters that much if the lobster died like one day ago or 3 days ago um and you can get a live lobster from a lobster if you really want although i feel bad about that i've never actually done it now actually no i don't feel bad about it it just doesn't seem like enough meat for the meal for the price i don't i've never had any interest in getting a whole lobster because yeah i realize there's a little bit of meat in the claws and maybe a little bit in the guts or something but i don't want that shit i just want the tail matter of fact don't even you know if you bring the whole thing out to me i feel like i've killed something and now i'm eating its body you leave the rest of that shit out it's just an awesome lobster tail i don't need to a lesson on you know the uh, shortness of life while i'm eating yeah you and shrimp's just good dude you know um Although I won't be able to have shrimp scampi anymore. Fuck. It's got a shitload of garlic in it.
0: Yeah, either way. I I still just... I guess I don't get it. And, like, you say that, like, there shouldn't be much of a difference between, like, one to three days or whatever, but, like, you can tell a difference. Like, I can tell a difference between a steak in the Midwest and a steak up here. Mm. Even from, like, a very expensive,
1: like, well-reviewed place. Like, there's levels to this shit, Right, but even though you don't get uh, the the kind of steak where you live now as when you lived in the Midwest, you still want to get one occasionally, even if even if you know it's not as good as it would be if you lived in the Midwest, right?
0: Not really. I don't go to steakhouses here. Like, I'll get cuts of meat like sent to me that's good, good meat and like overnighted and get some like real good cuts. Mm-hmm. But, like, there's no way I'm going to go pay a p- a premium for a steakhouse here where. I can get the same slab of meat and cook it. And it's going to be roughly the same because again,
1: it's just not as good of quality. And I can have, uh, I do have stuff. I can understand where you're coming from on, on part of that. Cause at the country club, they get their lobster live, you know, I, they occasionally they'll get a dead one, obviously, but they're shipped to them live. So you don't have to worry about freshness with that. Uh, they order their steaks from a private stockyard uh, out of Chicago, uh, so, which is, you know, where a lot of the Midwest beef ends up at. Um, so, and, you know, they're, it's not cheap, <laughs> but obviously it's really good quality. Uh, I very rarely get their steaks because, like, they order them, uh, even even with it being, you know, a restaurant as opposed to retail. I think the steaks still cost them like 27 or 28 bucks each. Um, <clears throat> but, so I don't get that uh, from the club that often, but I will occasionally ask if I can get some of their hamburgers. Ah, uh, because they they order prime hamburgers instead of short, you know, which you can't really get in the, uh, uh, re- in retail stores that often. Uh, normally, it's choice or select, um, and they're delicious. Yeah, they're two dollars a fucking uh, burger, but they're well worth it. I think they're half pound burgers, so that's not too bad, really.
0: Yeah, I don't. Know. I, don't I don't go through a ton of ground beef. Like, generally, if I want to go ground, I'll probably just try to get ground bison. Mm. A little bit leaner, a little bit better, usually. Right, right.
1: I'm just so used to eating cheap that yeah, uh, that you when you talk about, oh, I'll just get bison, oh, I'll have that flown in. Like, man, you know, fucking two years ago, I was having $5 pizzas for dinner most nights. <laughs>
0: uh, uh, I mean, we've all been there at some point in life. It's just like at some point you decide the things that you're going to spend more for and the things that you're going to like skimp out on right right like with me like so like say like drinks i don't really drink much alcohol i drink about a case of white claw every like week week and a half I have a bottle of whiskey here and there but other than that like i don't do soda i don't really do many juices i don't do milk like it's a whole lot of water like for the food I eat, I, I will always go all out on good cuts of meat. This is where you're getting most of your nutrition, but otherwise it's like, you know, five pound bags of rice, like frozen, you know, two to three pound bags of like vegetables, like stuff like that. Like all of that can be cheap stuff and it doesn't matter. As long as I'm getting a really good cut of beef, some good grass fed butter.
1: Like I'm good. Right. Right. I can see that with like, how much of a difference in the quality quality or can there be between like a cheap bag of vegetables and an expensive bag of vegetables and even an expensive bag of vegetables, is not going to be expensive, obviously um, you know, the big price differences are always in stuff like the meat, uh, not in like the sides, you know, you're never going to find a, you know, a, a $3 bag of potatoes and a $20 bag of potatoes, but you'll find that for cuts of meat.
0: <laughs> right. Absolutely. Like, so veggies, yes, like fresh veggies are always the way to go if you can do it. I just don't got time for that shit. I mean, I'd rather just get some frozen veggies, throw them in the freezer and use them when I need them. Like I will absolutely be lazy with that stuff.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, it, and there's only so much, uh, time in the day, really. I mean, you do have to prioritize what you want to use your time with. Um, now if I had a personal well,
0: chef and yes, the freshest everything.
1: Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> I had just said that, that I love my life and I don't mind not being rich and I'm happy with what I have. Having said that being rich would be pretty fucking cool. Uh, the members of my country club live the life. Uh, you know, there our menu is as such that basically we have you know a, a set menu, but you can basically customize anything that we, they order a ridiculous amount. Uh, they have like make your own salad things. The, what you talking about that made me think of that where you can have make pretty much any kind of salad you could possibly think of anywhere from having like cherries and fucking raisins and dates in it to, um, having fucking meat and fucking shrimp in it. If you want it, uh, just whatever you can think of. Uh, and a lot of them eat healthy, uh, and, but it's a lot easier for them to eat healthy because they got a, a basically a custom kitchen, making them whatever they want to eat healthy. They just walk in, order it, sign it, you know, and sign their name.
0: See, this is for a while there when I was still actively fighting here and there. I always made it a point to date girls that were in college for like different nutritional fields. (laughs) So like if they were studying to be a nutritionist, like I would always just target them and I would get them to do all of my meal prep. And you have no idea how much easier it is to stay like on a perfect weight. If you have someone completely designing your
1: diet, cooking all the food and telling you what to eat and when. Oh yeah. Oh dude, that would be, I, I would be loving that. You know, um, I've thought about buying some of the pre-prepared uh, meals that they send you before, but it's just too cost prohibitive. You know, uh, if, but if you could give me like something that you know, here this is already made. Throw it in the microwave for a minute and a half. It's a great, nutritious meal. You eat, eat six, eat one of these six of these meals every day. One of the five ones I sent you. Yada, 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 yada. I love that. But they're fucking expensive as shit. See, I had someone. it's uh, probably three or
0: four years back now, and it was after I was coming back from an injury, and I found this girl that would do like all my cooking and everything for me. I gave her like what was that? I think it gave her 500 bucks a month and basically said, just like cook all my meals for me. Just as long as we're hitting like so many calories, just like cook all the food, tell me when and what to eat and spend however much of the 500 you want on the food. Just make sure that it's enough calories. So she was able to find deals on things and get everything done to where she was only spending probably like 250, 300 bucks a month on the food. So she's profiting a good 200 on the top. And I had all my food laid out for me and over the course of like three months dropped like 20 pounds. Energy level was perfect. Like that's the way to go if you find
1: someone to do it. Yeah, I mean, I, at this point, I I wouldn't even mind like just the pre-prepared meals where they, like they give you a plan. You're like, we'll send you three meals a day or, you know, they're already ready. I'll, you pick, pick out which meals you want uh, and, you know, be able to pick out enough so that I'd make sure I was getting enough calories every day. And you just, you know, get up in the morning. Oh, here's the morning one. Uh, when I get to work, you know, Oh, here's my midday one. You know, here's my snack one. Oh, midday throw in this one. Uh, and I would love that. But, and there's quite a few plans like that. I think, uh, dinnerly might be one. I can't remember the names of their plans, but I've seen at least four or five or six different ones where they want to send you pre-prepared and ready to me- eat meals. There's another, two dozen of them that will just want to send you the ingredients for you to make the meal yourself, uh, which is, which would be great if I was retired, but I, I don't really have the time to fuck around with a lot of food. Um, so the pre-prepared ones interest me more, uh, but fucking God, they're expensive. I think they end up being like seven or $9 a meal or some shit like that for the most part. And I can't afford to spend like $40 a day on my food.
0: And a lot of those aren't too terrible. Generally, like if you put it, you end up looking at it monthly Brand. probably looking somewhere around like 500 bucks a month or something like that. The problem yeah. I have with them is I've looked at these and like, I've, I've looked into doing them before the problem. None of them are made for a person like me. Mm. So when I'm like really getting back into training and if I add in like a wrestling practice a week or like a jujitsu night or something like that, I'm to the point where I need around 5,000 calories and they just don't offer plans like that.
1: Hmm. I see what you're saying. And, and even though they might be fairly reasonable to buy when you have to eat, buy, do a double plan, basically <laughs> it can probably get pretty pricey. So like, you, you know, if you need five 5,000 calories, the best you can do is buy their 2,500 calorie plan twice.
0: <laughs> right. And then it just becomes kind of a pain in the ass, right? Like having to, you know, sit there and toss two of their meals in an oven and like figure out combinations that work together that don't end up tasting like shit. Right, right. And even then yeah. it's still not like exactly what I should be doing. Like normally what I do is pretty close to what I gave you. So I will generally right. have somewhere around like a pound of meat-ish and some veggies and some rice. I don't have the time to do it every two or three hours. So generally I try to hit at least like three times a day. So generally, you know, somewhere around three pounds of meat. Generally go a little bit lighter, like before a workout. And if I'm getting up and doing it earlier, later on in a day, like there's that stuff in there. But yeah, I'd say like a normal, normal day, you're looking probably right around three pounds of meat, you know, probably pound and a half of veggies and then three to four cups of rice or maybe some sort of pasta in there
1: at some point. Right. And even if you could find a plan that gave you 5,000 calories a day, it wouldn't be set up like that.
0: Right, exactly. You have the weird stuff that they do and a lot of them only have like certain options that are things I actually like. Like a lot of right. these nutrition plan things are like heavy into having a bunch of like salmon and shit like that and I just, I don't do seafood.
1: Mmm, or I don't like fish, so I, I feel free on that one. Although the tilapia I had, uh, last week at uh, work uh, with a little cajun dusting on it. it wasn't too bad i didn't enjoy it per se but i enjoyed the fact that i could, I could eat the whole thing without it fucking up my stomach so well, there's well one, most one. most seafood
0: and fish are, are great for you as far as like you know getting your omega-3s and things like that like i end up having to take like fish oil supplements because i hmm. don't eat fish right right so like it's it's great if you can eat that sort of stuff i just i never developed the taste so it's not right. like I'm talking shit about seafood. Absolutely great for you.
1: It's just, it's not for me. Right. No, I can understand that. You know, uh, I don't like to really fishy fishes and the tilapia wasn't very fishy, but still, I mean, it wouldn't be my first choice to eat. Uh, if I didn't have issues with my stomach. Um, but I do, and and I can actually eat that. So I just appreciate the fact that it's not something, you know, that I, that my m- employee meal is actually something I can eat because a couple days a week. It is not, uh, yesterday was a bratwurst day and i didn't even fucking try it i was like nope no thank you uh, <laughs> i'm not you know, I, I as i mentioned before i'm not going to try to any risky foods on my work days so that's just not a good idea uh but then that would I, make me want went.
0: to kick a child
1: uh, yeah yeah like hunt a fucking baby if i couldn't have a brat <laughs> oh dude i dude, and the fucking you know I, they're, they're the bratwurst we serve at the barbecues. so you know um it's not like they're special ordering food uh, just for the uh, uh, employees, since they get better deals at wholesale. They're just giving us the chicken and the hamburgers and the, uh, you know, bratwurst and and the tilapia. That they, I don't know if they serve tilapia. Yeah, they probably do. Um, that they that they would serve at these different barbecues because everything is grilled. they uh, instead of having the, the cook upstairs, they bring all this stuff out. They have pre-prepared like macaroni salads and coleslaw and. Toss salad with like a little salad pack on the top of the thing. They're all in like disposable containers, like carryout containers. Uh, so you get in line and there's like social distancing spots until you get up to the uh, uh, grill and you know, then they're on the other side of the grill with a table in front of them. They, and they ask you what you want, you know, well, like on chicken day. It's like, you want light meat or dark meat or on bratwurst day, how many you want? And then they hand you, they hand you those and you go along the line and pick up like a cookie or some chips or some macaroni salad or whatever they have set out there. And then you go into our break room which has most of the tables removed to it. There is one chair at every table. You, you're not allowed to sit at a table for everybody. If there, if there's not a table available, uh, you can't add ch- chairs. to the ones there, you have to wait until, uh, someone's done eating or take your food someplace else and eat it. Uh, Cause obviously you're going to have your mask off and stuff. They're pretty serious about this. Uh, you know, COVID shit.
0: Apparently. And yeah, apparently I- there's kind of uh, there's been some spikes in that anyway. So it's not looking, not looking real great.
1: Oh, God, you know, I just, I need it to go away. I mean, yes, for selfish reasons. Obviously, I don't want anyone to get sick and shit like that, but it's a pain in the ass. Uh, I don't like wearing a mask every day. Yada, yada, yada. I realize, you know, some people have been doing it way longer than I have since this, this shit's been going around since March, and some people, the uh, the essential workers, uh, have been working the entire time uh, in the public. But it, it, it does affect the country club quite a bit. Um, my wife's not getting any money from uh, the card tables. Might not for a long time. Who knows? Maybe by the time the COVID's over, they won't want to play cards anymore. On the other hand, maybe the COVID kills all old the old people. Maybe the COVID kills all the old people. <laughs> so Guess what? You know, there, old people that are a yeah. renewable resource. <laughs> yeah, but
0: shit. Give it I mean, time, yeah. there'll be more.
1: <laughs> it kills all the old people. It's 20 years before any of the current members want to play uh, cards again. That'll be right around my wife retires, hopefully. <laughs> uh but no i also really hope it, it ends because i worry about my members uh as i mentioned before there's a lot of really old people there and i've worked there for 15 years 16 years at this point so um i'm friends with a lot of these old people you know as friends as you can be with someone who's basically your boss uh but a lot of them are really nice people and they've treated me really good and you know they ask after my health and stuff after my little health after my little scare uh you know, and I don't want to. Kill any of these people to die from the COVID. It bums it bums me out that uh, three or four to ten of them will die a year, anyways, depending on the year. We normally go about two two to four weeks before between members dying. Well, yeah, I'm that's serious, pretty though. morbid. Yeah, yeah, I know. And, you know, so I know that some at least at least three to twelve times this year, depending on how it works out. Uh, um, probably more than that, uh, someone will die that I know, uh, and a lot of them were when they reach that age, like if, if a 96 year old dies, they might've been one of the ones that haven't been to the club in 20 years. Uh, or it might be the, the 96 year old lady that I see every day. Cause she's vibrant and, and, you know, hasn't lost a beat and comes and plays cards with her friends every day. You know? um,
0: All right, Um, I'm going to need you to be super truthful here, uh-huh. knowing that nobody from the club listens to this. Uh, uh-huh. do you guys have a death pool? Oh God.
1: <laughs> uh, no there's no formal death pool but we do talk about it sometimes not like uh who do you think is gonna die next but when we see members that are looking bad they're like oh geez so-and-so's not looking too good and sometimes it's very quick sometimes it's a gradual decline uh but sometimes it's fucking we had one member uh, that a year and a half ago he was fine uh six months after that he had some sort of weird disease like you know, like uh um like marfan no, no, uh, like cerebral palsy or something like that. But he's, you know, he's never had anything before. I don't know if you developed that late in life. And six months after that, who's dead? And, you know, we watched him decline from normal to, uh, to dead within like, you know, six to eight months, really.
0: Yeah, this and, is why I, I don't, you know, work with the elderly. I'm fine I, not confronting my own mortality every day by watching them <laughs> just drop around me like flies.
1: Yeah, but on the other hand, it's it's encouraging in certain ways. Uh, like I have, like I said, I have members in their mid nineties that are, you know, uh, perfectly coherent, have not missed a beat, are still walking around. We had members that were one of our members at the age of ninety nine still played tennis every fucking day. I'm sure not very fast, but, but he played it. Uh, I have a member who comes up uh, all the time. She goes, you know, uh, for for years and years and years. She go, hey, I go, hey, how you doing, Mrs. So? She goes, you know, I hate you, right? I'm like, uh. I didn't know how to respond to that she was joking eventually she stopped that joke because she realized it was making me uncomfortable especially because she'd do it with other people around Uh, but other than that she was a really funny person Uh, as I mentioned it's a Jewish country club Uh, she was a Jewish person the very first time I met her what she said to me is hi I'm Mrs. So-and-so I'm like hi Mrs. So-and-so I'm I'm so-and-so she got a little bit close to me leaned in and said you you know what the worst thing about this uh, country club is I was like no man what would that be she goes all the fucking Jews and then turned around and walked away Interesting. Yeah, yeah. She's very, uh, she's a very funny lady. Very upfront. Uh, you know, speaks her mind. Uh, yeah, she's quite the character. Uh, at one time, her and her husband owned, I think, pretty much all the uh, bowling alleys in Michigan, and uh, probably outside of uh, quite a few outside of Michigan as well. Um, so at one point, she was very, very wealthy. Uh, unfortunately, it was her husband that had the, you know, ran the businesses and had the business ends. So when he passed away, uh, she had managers and stuff obviously to take care of the businesses. Uh, but she held on to the, uh, bowling alleys way, way, way longer than she should have, uh, by, the, uh, by the time that she sold them there was really no value to them. Cause the bowling craze had long since passed. She should have sold them like probably in the eighties, early nineties or some shit like that, but she held on to most of them until basically they just went out of business and she didn't get anything from them. So she's one of those members that if she hadn't been a member for like 60 years, she wouldn't be able to afford to be a member. Uh, Because they gradually get discounts and and senior status and super senior status and all that good shit. So she doesn't pay a lot for monthly dues, just what she spends on, you know, like her half a sandwich and soup while she's having uh, playing cards with her friends. Yeah, bowling, that fell off a cliff, huh? Didn't it though? I mean, I st- i remember when I was a kid, I enjoyed doing it. There are uh, there bowling alleys all over the place. There's still quite a few here in Michigan because uh, Michigan is actually, I guess, like one of the biggest areas in the country for uh, bowling for some reason. Uh, but there at least half the ones that I knew of when I was growing up are gone, if not more.
0: Yeah, I was never really, you know, much of a bowler. I, you know, preferred real sports. Uh, <laughs> you geeks in Michigan, I guess you guys can roll a rocket, some fucking
1: pins. I don't know. I mean, I, I agree. It's hard to uh, validate the, uh, um, calling it a sport when you can, you know, eat nachos while you're playing. (laughs) But on the other hand, you can eat nachos and drink a beer while you're playing. So, uh, you know, uh, how bad can it be? Really? Uh, Have you ever actually went bowling, dude? The last time I went bowling is probably
0: 15 years ago ish. Mm hmm. And yeah, it's it's bowling. Like it's not yeah, the sort I was, of thing to do. It's kind of boring. Like uh, it's
1: bowling. I don't know. I guess at the high levels is probably hard. Like anything else, you know. Uh, at a casual level, it's no big deal. At the high levels, it's probably quite a bit harder. Uh, I sucked at it. I was never able to get the ball down to the ground properly. My dad was really a good bowler, like really, really good, uh, like semi-professional good. He used to go to Vegas in the '70s and '80s and play in the tournaments and. When, want enough money to buy cool shit like stereo systems and stuff. Um, uh, but it was hell of a thing to watch him, uh, bowl because he was so tall. He'd have to kneel, you know, basically kneel down while he's, uh, uh, while he was, you know, throwing the ball. Like, um, I kind of heard one of like one of his knees, the 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 back knee, not the lead knee, would like almost touch the ground uh, because that's how much he had to like bend over to get the ball going. Dude, he threw that thing so fucking hard <laughs> and it was a heavy ass ball. I mean, because he was a big dude, he was nine, about 310, 320, somewhere in that range. Uh, before he got before his many, many health and drug rows, Um, so it, it, I eventually, um, he had to stop playing because his knees went out on him. Uh, and, uh, he said that was a real big bummer for him because he enjoyed doing it so much um, one, of the, one of the few good things of uh, being sick and uh, between the drug things and uh, he had a double bleeding ulcer which took the fucking life right out of him uh, it almost killed him but after that one of the few good things about that is he had a, a renaissance period where he was able to bowl again because he'd lost so much weight that his knees didn't bother him as much
0: yeah but back to you doing it yeah I can't see you really doing anything that requires coordination
1: so I guess that makes sense yeah no no the, the step three three steps kneel throw yeah I, I couldn't get it i was not a very good bowler uh, <laughs> which is a shame because it's one of the few sports like that where you don't really need depth perception you know uh the pins are never going any place and you have like markers around you to let you know where you're supposed to be at, at all times and all that good shit so i think i might have been able to get decent at it if i was if i was a little more coordinated and uh, i'd practiced a lot But as it was, I wasn't much interested in it. And the few times I did it, it it felt awkward and like I wasn't built for it. But obviously, you know, tall people can do it. As I mentioned, my dad was really good. But then again, he's also athletic. We've
0: (laughs) we've seen you run. So, yeah, that coordination part, like getting your body to do things in one smooth motion doesn't seem like it's really a thing
1: no not really uh, which is weird because my dad was apparently an athletic guy uh i don't i've heard different stories from different members of my family and i've never heard shit from my dad on it which is really unusual because my dad likes to talk but he never really talked much about his military stuff but apparently i've heard everything from he boxed in the marines to he was a marine boxing champion and so i don't know which stories to believe but uh Apparently he uh, apparently at the very least he boxed while he was in the Marines. Uh, I don't know how much boxing he got actually got in cause he was in the Marines during Vietnam. Um, so I don't know his spare time. They let him dedicate to that kind of shit, but he, you know what, He did tell me about it once. Cause he, but he, at one point he boxed the guy that trained, uh, um, uh, Muhammad Ali, something like a guy, a guy named tiger or something or another or something like that. And he said he lost a fight. He said, uh, he learned a valuable, valuable lesson though. Um, uh, oh no! I don't. Did he lose the fight? But he said, I can't remember if he lost the fight or not. But he said he learned a valuable lesson is like He said, "Don't hit a black guy in the head." I'm like, "What?" He goes, "Dude," uh, he goes, "I about busted my hand." He goes, "Once I went to his, once went to the ribs, I did better." But that guy was impossible to knock out. I felt like I was hitting a fucking stone. I'm like, "Well, that's kind of racist, Dad." He goes, "Why?" He, I go, "You know," I go, "That's kind of stereotype." And he goes, "It's a good thing I'm saying." I'm like, "I don't know, Dad, but maybe we'll table that one." <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I don't necessarily think that one holds true. I've sparred with many a black person, and I don't remember their heads being any harder than anyone else's. Yeah, I, know. I was like, oh, come on,
1: Dad. And my dad was a pretty much a left-wing sort of guy too, very, you know, very liberal and all that good stuff. So, but I guess, yeah, you know, when you're back from that age, you might get some, you know, uh, inherit racism baked in from a young age that you can't really throw off, even if you think you're a liberal, liberal guy, huh?
0: I think the only real stereotype when it comes to that stuff are
1: fucking Samoans.
0: Every <laughs> one of them is built like a tank.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean I've never I don't know if I've ever met any Samoans, but all the ones that you see like on TV and stuff uh, in various sports are always very, you know, bulky like that. Um I've
0: played so yeah. many of them in rugby and like every one of them tackling felt like
1: you were trying to tackle like a Honda Civic. <laughs> that's funny uh, let's see oh look it's almost time to go but I did let's see I think I had one, some, one other thing I wanted to talk about um, can I uh, be self-righteous about someone being self-righteous
0: um, you, uh, I you want... try and we'll see where it goes
1: okay um, I have someone on Facebook who is complaining that people aren't taking precautions now that things are opening up and they're, they're afraid that there's going to be a second wave Which I can totally understand. Um, But what they said after that was, if this second wave gets me after all I've sacrificed and done to help this world get through the first wave, I'm going to be pissed. Um, What do you make of that statement?
0: I mean, it's it's just one of those stupid thoughts, right? Like, people say these things.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, Care to make a guess what she does for a living?
0: probably something that has nothing to do with the disease.
1: Right, otherwise I wouldn't be bringing it up. If she was like a doctor or a nurse or something like that, or first responder or something like that, I could, it's still kind of a thing, uh, kind of a, uh, a douchey thing to say, I, I don't know, um, but I can understand her saying that. But she works at Whole Foods, dude. <laughs>
0: yeah. Like, I, I understand, and this is the funny thing about the whole, like, shut down and like essential worker thing. Like Mm -hmm. it really gave way to a lot of people either that are like service employees, like getting this ego that they don't really deserve or people that even feed into it. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm sorry, you're not a fucking hero because you work at the stop and shop You work at the stop and shop because you don't have the skills to have a salary position somewhere where you're not making $8 and 15 cents an hour. And yes, it's awesome that you're working through the whole pandemic and everything else. And you're helping out society, but it doesn't mean you're that much more valuable. You still don't have any sort of incredible skills besides punching on a fucking cash register and bagging my groceries. (laughs) <laughs> if you had other skills you'd be doing other things You might be that nurse out there That's pulling a 20 hour day Or the doctor that's pulling A, you know, a week long of, of Emergency room duty Or you might be some of those white collared Professionals that are sitting on their ass Taking calls all day But you're not You are a service Professional Making mm-hmm. probably less than $10 An hour And there's a reason for that so thank you for what you do.
1: But go fuck yourself for thinking you're special. <laughs> and there's a and don't get me wrong, uh everybody plays a part in society. Uh, everyone is important in that way. Almost every job out there is out there for a reason. Uh so you should always feel uh you should never be ashamed of the job that you have uh or ha- have it affect your self-worth. What you do is important. Every single person out there. Um But what annoys me is when people think that their job is the only important one out there. Uh, I have a whole bunch of, for example, Facebook friends that are truck drivers. Obviously, uh, truck drivers have an important job. Uh, Our world works by things going from place to place. And the truck driver is always the final guy that gets it to you. You're like trains are awesome, but there isn't a train going to the back door of every fucking Walmart. Uh, you need truck drivers to move food around. You need truck drivers to move supplies around. It's they're a really Jay, important job. Check, uh-huh. the,
0: check the line. Juicer's oh. calling.
1: Apparently. Oh, I'm sorry. Try again, buddy. I'm sorry. I wasn't paying attention. Um, uh, but the thing is, there's all kinds of important jobs. Yes, you get us the food that we need. But the farmers, if the farmers didn't grow the food, you know, uh, fucking, uh, we wouldn't have it to eat, and it wouldn't matter that you'd have an empty fucking truck going back and forth. Call back the, ju- the juicer. I'm pay, I'm paying attention now. Um. Oh. <laughs> no, actually I'm not I was I was, uh, was kind of on a rant. Um and you know, there's all kinds of people that consider their job super important just because um but it seems like that's all they focus on. It's like, yes, your job is important and so are so many other jobs.
0: And there's levels. Like I worked at a grocery store when I was 14. I bagged groceries sure as hell didn't say hey this is going to be my career like there are a lot of jobs out there that are not career positions they're there to get you entry into a workforce and move from there yeah So i'm uh... sorry i'm not going to think of you as a hero if you're in one of those positions thank you for what you do but stop thinking you're as important as a doctor
1: Right, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, once again, there's nothing wrong with any of those jobs. Uh, my entire life were those jobs until my last job. Uh, I had that's one of my problems. It was uh, staying. I never stayed at a job for probably more somewhere between six months to a year. Uh, for the most part, I would leave if, because I'd leave if I got annoyed even the least bit. And normally, it took about six months to a year for them to annoy me. And why would I leave after that? Because I'd go fucking next door and get a, a job paying the same thing. You know, when when you one of the few good things about low pay jobs is you can go get another fucking low pay job anywhere. So, so I, I wouldn't put up with shit a lot. It's like, hey man, if you're gonna pay me eight dollars an hour, uh, there's no way I'm gonna do that uh, put up with shit because I'll go over there and make eight dollars an hour. Um, you know, nobody nobody had good benefits or anything like that. I shit, I didn't even I didn't have medical insurance uh, between the age of uh, uh seventeen and thirty one. I think yeah, I just luckily didn't have anything wrong with me during that time period. Or if I did, I fucking walked it off.
0: Yeah, you, um, maybe if you would have had insurance at that time of your life, maybe you wouldn't have so many
1: problems now. Yeah, possibly. (laughs) Well, as they're talking about in the chat box, look at the fucking time. Uh, seems like uh, getting a little bit easier to fill these shows. Apparently here that or I just, you know, losing track of the time more often uh i want to thank the og army for showing up we can't do a show without you guys i want to thank my co-host ryan i couldn't do a show without him and uh he could probably do a show without me but we're not going to talk about that right now uh, you got anything big dalton you know i got two things
0: first of all jay pay attention to the goddamn chat juicer was <laughs> trying to say he was calling in you weren't paying attention so i had to do your goddamn job for you get it together sorry other than that um really only one last thing to say i suppose Hmm. whoop whoop no that's not it hold on (laughs) make me no that's not it either (laughs) oh i got it
1: fuck all y'all you guys have a great night we'll see everybody tomorrow six